outside of India and welcome to Machan Visit the World podcast. I've been lucky enough to be studying at a university in Moscow with students from across the world. I want to use this opportunity to learn more about the different peoples through their stories. Join me on this journey across the world through stories told by the people that have lived them. With me, you're Machan. That means bro in South Indian languages. I hope you learned something new with me today. Hello everybody, we are back after two week gap. We had exams and stuff and I've been busy, the guests have been busy. But I think it's time to get back to Russia and do some Russification. And with us this time is a really cool girl from a Caucasian Republic again. Her name is Vlada and she's from North Ossetia and Alanya. Correct? Yeah, hi I got, everyone. <laughs> I got the pronunciation correct? Yes, yes. Oh, plus 10. Thanks for inviting me a lot because I couldn't find anyone to talk about my hometown. Really? <laughs> Not even Russians? Um, Russians usually talk about their place of living. Okay, no one to talk about Alanya. That, yeah. That's bad. That, so next two hours, you're going to ignore everything Russian. Yeah. You're just going to focus on North Ossetia and Alanya. Okay. Yeah, so we met really serendipitously. Slutchaina. Yeah. yeah, so we had to thank our friend Chang from the Vietnam episode. She invited me to do a project with Vladi was doing and that involved us foreigners writing yeah. to think in our own languages and it was part of their campaign to raise awareness against online bullying. Yeah. Correct? Mm-hmm. And um, I wrote in Malayalam and I had my friends come write in Albanian, Italian, Bengali, Arabic and I saw, I thought, I saw, I saw like two Russian girls there and I was like, okay, Russian girls, Sasha Mashakasha girls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I saw her write in like a Latin alphabet, but it wasn't Latin. They had like two letters joined together. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, which language are you know? And then I asked her and she told, she is writing Ossetian yes. and she is from North Ossetia. And I was like, okay, next podcast set. <laughs> <laughs> and she spoke amazing English too. So thank you so much for coming and it's going to be a pleasure. Yeah. So tell us about yourself. I believe you are a first year student of telecommunications and advertising in Druden. Yeah. How has that been? Uh, it was a really great experience for me. Actually, when I moved to Moscow, when I already, when I have already enrolled into university for uh, PR and advertisement, I didn't uh, really know what I'm going to study because oh. it is a really popular faculty in Russia today. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, you're just like, okay, I want to study there. Mm-hmm. Mm, but now I understand that I made a great choice mm-hmm. because I like everyone we study now. Um, Everyone in your uh, group mates, Adnoklasniki. Uh, yeah, group mates, everything that's going on, like projects, right. they are very interesting. Uh, it is really interesting to know how advertisement works mm-hmm. because when uh, I thought that it's just what you watch on TV, right. but uh, actually oh. it's much more than that. Which, which subject do you find most interesting, the one you're learning right now? Um, the project that we are mm-hmm. doing... Could you explain um, more about it? Okay. Um, this is a project about uh, raising awareness, about bullying on social media, about writing negative comments. And uh, we <clears throat> try to stop that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we make videos about... Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, how to make people stop doing that because it is really not cool <laughs> <laughs> really not cool but really pre prevalent and yeah you know that's that's one of the reasons i like quit social media mm -hmm. to i won't say completely but to an extent because every time my football club loses people write shit which makes me really depressed and i'm like okay i want my mental health not be yeah, like this really. so. i watched so much videos in youtube about quitting social uh, media mm -hmm. it's like it is negatively influence all your life spheres, yeah, like yeah. your physical, mental health. That's true. Uh, if you want to be uh, peaceful and silent and calm, please quit that. But I don't know how to do <laughs> that. I'm just wake up and uh, take my phone. And, oh, which which one is new? <laughs> which one is the one you use the most? Instagram. Yes. Oh my god! I, and, you know how I did? I quit it. I deleted the app. But I still get messages from my friends back home because sometimes when your WhatsApp number changes, your Instagram mm -hmm. is the only one calls. Yeah. So I use my um, desktop for Instagram. So if maybe maybe twice a week, I'll just check my desktop to see if somebody has sent me a message or something cool. And I'll just browse for five minutes and I quit because it's not very fun browsing on your desktop. And you can't put stories and other stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if something cool happens, I just take a, take a photo or record a video and I post it at the end of the week. I'll download the app, I'll post it. That's what I do with the podcast. Mm -hmm. When I launch a podcast, I'll post the thing, I'll publish it, and then I'll uninstall the app. So I have like peace for seven days, and then again, I'll do the same. So that hasn't been really effective in one way because you don't have to like completely move yourself away from the ground because yeah. you, we being students of journalism and the telecommunications, yeah, we do yeah, need yeah. to use, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. we shouldn't let it use us. Yeah. So I kind of make sure that I only use it in that time. Yeah. And anyway, Instagram got boring, man. It's like, if, <laughs> if I start using Instagram, I just start following hot chicks. That's mm -hmm. it. So I don't find any much use with it other than that. Yeah, maybe. I attended many lectures this year, you know, some bloggers and uh, famous to some extent, mm -hmm. people came to university to give a lecture and everyone who has been there said, you know, if you want to succeed in your profession, in your sphere, please um, uh, have TikTok. Oh, Jesus. Yes. And uh, all my friends uh, have it okay. and they are just spent there most of the day but i don't have it still okay. god bless you yeah <laughs> because i know if i spend so much time on instagram mm -hmm. but i can uh, i don't mean that i spend a lot of time but it takes time yeah it takes time i know i know yeah. it's like um it's like how do you say it what time waster yeah great time waster. it's like a sink time sink you know how yeah. you don't know how it's being wasted yeah and if uh, I have TikTok. I will just <laughs> deep down into my phone, and you will never see me again. Exactly. Yeah. That's the life of so many people, mm -hmm. which is scary. Yeah. Which yeah. is really scary. Cause TikTok for me, I was lucky because I was twenty. I'm twenty four years old. So when TikTok became popular, I wasn't a teenager anymore. Mm -hmm. And only thing that I saw were like stupid teenagers on TikTok. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not going in there ever. <laughs> and luckily, all my friends are the same. All mm -hmm. my friends are like, bro, TikTok is for, yeah. you know, people who have 
an in, incessant need to get a lot of attention. And luckily, we grew out of that stage. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I was lucky, but your generation would be more inclined to TikTok yeah. because it's really popular. Mm-hmm. TikTok, TikTok is even sponsoring the Euros. Imagine that. I'm like, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So telecommunications, what else do you guys study? Do you guys study psychology as a part of it? Uh, no, we didn't study psychology, mm-hmm. but we had philosophy, oh <laughs> like God. this, uh, um, I don't know how to call this. Uh, how do you say it in Russian? Mm, philosophy, math, uh-huh. like subjects that we don't need at all. Oh yeah, I and know. And they just need to space <laughs> the schedule right. and uh, ah, to feel the schedule. Right with this subject that we really don't yeah. need uh, i'm journalism i'm studying mathematica in russian mm. imagine that studying math in russian it, uh, <laughs> yeah. i can't imagine how you study there especially because russian is really Typical, hard to study yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's crazy it it's, is it's crazy. you have to be slightly crazy person to come to russia to study. Really? <laughs> your russian is great how do you know how, how do you, have you talked in russian uh, yes, I heard you talking uh, Russian. Спасибо. Yeah, your accent is really cool. It's cool? Yeah. Oh, really? It's understandable. Yeah. It's the main It's not thing. cool. <laughs> if it was cool, now it became understandable. That's yeah. the main thing. Okay, okay, I see where this is going. <laughs> because uh, we have Vietnam girls. Yeah, it, uh, so Chang and... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the other girl's name? Mm, I don't remember. Um, I think it's Trang. Maybe, Maybe. Yeah. Shout out to them. Yeah, and we communicate only in English. Really? No, Dude, English. don't do that. No, <laughs> I, 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 I'm kind of same. I talk with my Adna group, Nikki, in, mainly in English, which is not really good. But there are some people who don't, are, are not very comfortable. You guys, are, you are very comfortable with English. But there'll be like Russians who are not comfortable with English. Then I'm like, okay, let's speak Russian. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. For me, it's like expressing some funny shit. I can't do it in Russian. I need English for it, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, sometimes when Rudian students just when they see foreign students mm-hmm. they're just like oh my god it's another way to practice my English please mm-hmm. talk to mm. me <laughs> and yeah, they yeah, just yeah, don't yeah. want to speak Russian, Russian because them, yeah. they do it every day yeah true 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 that's interesting and um, why did you say like telecommunication is like very popular in Russia right now um you know, there are state exams mm-hmm. that we should pass before we enroll at in university. university. And uh, to study telecommunications and public relations advertisement, you should pass uh, like social studies okay. and English. Right. These subjects, in my point of view, are the easiest. My to point of view, take too. Exams yeah. Because I'm uh, humanitari. Yeah. Humanities. Yes, and I can tolerate math, like physics, <laughs> uh, chemistry. It's not like right. Don't like that at all. Right. So it is easy. Mm, hence, so. a, hence a lot, lot of people are yeah. interested in it. And this profession gives you a lot of opportunities to work, like with bloggers, right. with uh, in a backstage of different TV shows. Right. And this is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, how do you say? It's very easy to sell this as a profession because a lot of people already have a social media presence and they think it's like an extension Mm -hmm. of that and they can continue with that. That's really interesting. So you said, how many inestranzas do you have? Like you have the two Vietnamese girls and... Four Vietnamese girls, that's all. all. Oh, 
Okay, yeah. that's interesting. I, in my group, I'm like the only in a strand. And oh only in Australia. my god! It's, it's so amazing. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's kind of cool, but it's like you know, I don't know how to say. It's like I'm the only brown guy in the building. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's how I would describe it. But it's it's kind of funny. My group is really nice. I like my group. They're like some really really smart Russians. For like you guys are like eighteen, nineteen years old. Yeah. Very cool guy. And I had to say like. Russians of 18, 19 years old are so much smarter in the sense that you guys take responsibility, take initiative, are very self-sufficient, way, way higher than how Indians are when they're 18 mm-hmm. and 19. And I'm like, wow, these guys are like so cool in that sense. And they're like some really smart Russians too. Like people like really read a lot of books and it's really fun. Wow, maybe you just met meet so much smart people. Yes. Um, I can say that about uh, people in my uh, faculty in in um, advertisement in public relations. Right. They're not so uh, responsible. Really. So initiative. Yeah. Wow. In the project that we have made, uh, you know, not so much people wanted to help. Oh, and interesting. they were just, we don't want. That's all. <laughs> no, yeah, but it, there's like a, some people are like that. Yeah. Some people are like 50-50. Some people mm-hmm. are really into it. But it, I think it's like our group, Evzhevetrinatsat, has this dynamic where a few of the people are really into it. It kind of drives everyone else also mm-hmm. to do things. And I, I kind of like how that self-sufficient the group is compared to my experiences in yeah, India. It is great. It is really, really cool how Russians are doing it. I would like my group to be more dynamic, to more energetic, mm. because, you know, uh, university years are the most, I don't know, um, energetic. Yeah, you can do crazy shit. <laughs> yes, and you want to do different things, to communicate with other people from yeah. other faculties and your group just like oh we don't care we don't give a shit about (laughs) this stuff i think that um in my group Mm -hmm. there are a lot of guys from moscow Mm -hmm. and then uh here Mm -hmm. i see a lot of differences between people from moscow who are don't know to or don't want to do some things like oh, okay. interesting things to take part in projects right. and people from other cities that are initiative right uh, when I uh, listened to a podcast you on you asked your friend uh-huh. about uh, do you think that people from other cities are more curious yeah I did I, yeah. Asiat, I asked yes uh, yes yeah. and um, the interview year that's me. I'm the interviewer. Yeah. She's the interviewee. Da. Uh, she said that, no, I don't think so, uh-huh. but I think so. Uh, you think like yes. people from uh, 
the provinces, yeah. the far off cities in Russia yeah. who come to study in Moscow are more curious, want to take mm-hmm. more initiative yes. than the people who grew up here. Because I think mm. that people who are born in Moscow, who live in Moscow for a long time, mm-hmm. they have everything. Yeah. Uh, they already live in a big city. True. And they have nothing more than they want to achieve, maybe. True, true, true. And we are from small cities. We are like, oh my God, we don't, don't leave. We don't want to live here, please. <laughs> We will yeah. do everything, just want to live in big city. Right. I think the inestranses also have that particular, let's call it drive. Yeah. With the Russian accent, yeah. drive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, because for most of us, we come from like not very rich countries. So Russia is definitely, especially Moscow, is like definitely a step up. Mm-hmm. And the opportunities that it opens up to us so varied and so interesting that For example, like in my city, I come from a small city in India, there isn't a public library where I can go sit, plug in my laptop and do work. There isn't one. I searched everywhere. There are these reading halls where like like old people just mm-hmm. read newspapers but if i want if you want to sit down and it's like very hot if there's a fan or an air conditioning it's amazing. Mm-hmm. There isn't a place like that. But in Moscow, every almost every metro station has a public library next to it and there are these free co-working spaces our uh faculty i mean our university has a big library next to it it just opens up a lot of possibilities without actually you know indirectly it's not mm-hmm. like you're giving me money to do something but you're opening up opportunities for me to do something yeah. and that kind of has this um butterfly effect, a little ripple effect where it keeps on multiplying it's a force multiplier and that is something people who grew up in moscow won't appreciate because it's been around them all the time yeah they and they have like places to run mm. if i st- if i start running like i did do in moscow i would be involved in like five motor accidents in less than a <laughs> less than a month uh, there is a popular phrase uh, in russia that moscow is not russia it is like another state within russia because This city is so different from other cities, other countryside, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, it's extraordinary, the difference. Oh. Uh, there is, I saw a joke that in European countries, in America, uh, between the 21st century and 19th century, there is 200 years. Okay. And uh, in Russia, between 21st century and 19th century, there are 200 kilometers. From Moscow to other cities. Oh, yeah. dude, dude, <laughs> yes. that's so true. That's so true. Okay, I'll tell you a story. There's a village called Starovelsk. Starovelsk. Mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's towards Belarus. Mm-hmm. So a friend of mine invited me to go there on a pahold, which is like camping trip, and I went there. It is literally less than 150 kilometers from Moscow, and there is no electricity. And there is no phone connection yeah. in that village. They chose to live like that. They can't live in a town which has all this, but they want to live in it in, without all this. And I was like, in India, if you want to go to a place without electricity, you would have to go to like some mountain or some desert, which is like thousands of kilometers away from big cities. Yeah. But in, Mos- in Russia, 150 kilometers from Moscow, people do live like that. And by, live by choice, not yeah. by, by like, they don't have the mm-hmm. opportunity. So I was like... Imagine the cries. Yeah. You go to like Buryatia, mm-hmm. Irkuts, like yeah. m- you know this village called Madan, Magdan. Magadan. Magadan. Yeah. yeah. It's like these are like extremes of civilization yeah. in a way, 
And I, I, I kind of agree, like, Moscow is <laughs> too. Yeah, and that's why all the people aim to go to Moscow, yeah. to find a job there, to study there. Yeah. But there are so many people there here already that I don't know. There is even a statistics um, how much people from different regions hate Moscow's <laughs> people. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, they make decent money mm-hmm. because the average wake is uh, much quite, quite good mm. but in my republic it is really low mm-hmm. and uh, my mom needs to go to like two or three jobs oh. to uh, make money uh-huh. for our family uh-huh. And it is like, but she is really smart. She's really clever. Uh-huh. She excel at her profession. She's okay. like professor, maybe we should say that. Okay. And uh, I understand that if she lived in Moscow, she would make more, much more money wow. than she does. Uh, Living in. North uh... Ossetia, yes. So why do people from other parts hate like you told in the uh, statistics what's the reason for because, that because uh, when you come from other parts of russia you <clears throat> understand the difference the great discrepancy between uh, your people from your republic for your region mm-hmm. and between uh, people from moscow they're just indifferent to everything you mm-hmm. when you take um, subway mm-hmm. or when you just walk around the street they are just don't give a shit about anything that happens around them okay if you need help you know like i don't care <laughs> sorry. Find i'm so someone sorry else. check go- check yandex yeah <laughs> that's true wow you know that's kind of that's it's an observation I made as an inostranzer, but in Estrani, but uh, it's interesting coming from uh, Russian to from North Ossetia. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about North Ossetia. Okay. That's your home republic. Yes. And um, I usually like, we locate it on the map first and mm-hmm. then we kind of see what we can build from that. So I already pulled up the map and here you can have a look. So you're from the capital, which I believe is uh, uh, Vladikavkaz. Vladikavkaz, which literally means Eastern Kafkas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, another interesting thing, which I I found by China was, I, I I found one city in here which I haven't heard in a long time, but it's one of the most infamous cities of Russia, which is. Beslan. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we will be talking about Beslan too. Because when I was checking out the map, I found like Vladikavkaz. I didn't know I didn't know that city before this. But wait, is that Beslan? It's like Beslan, Beslan, and yeah. it is Beslan. Many people living from Russia don't know about Vladikavkaz. They're really? just, oh, you live in Caucasus. Okay, good. Mountains. Yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> Congratulations. You got horses? Wow. Yeah. You live in mountains? I remember when I was in camp, maybe three or four years ago, people, uh, I was with children, with my peers from St. Petersburg, mm-hmm. and they're like, do you have internet there? <laughs> I'm just, oh my God, you really, do you really think that we just live now, can in I the be mountains? Honest? Can I be honest? Do you really have internet? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. 
<laughs> because, because after seeing Stadalosk, I have to ask that question. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it could be like that. Wow. And, um... Uh, bes- uh, by the way, one of the most impressive, excellent advantages of living in Caucasus is that you can drink water directly from the tap because mm. it is really clear. And when I moved to Moscow, it was a torture for me to find uh, delicious water. D- define delicious. What do you mean by delicious? Mm, it is tasty. Tasty? Yeah. Can I know uh, like mm. you know uh, water actually doesn't have taste, taste yeah but in Moscow <laughs> it is not delicious it is not tasty at all so you you get like mineralny yeah mineral yeah. it's like um it comes from the mountains and mm-hmm. the streams and yeah. you drink directly there yeah. wow I think like do you guys sell something I think like bajorni. Uh, they kind yeah. of advertise it it's like that. It's kind of Georgian, yeah. but we have our own uh, production of water. Oh, really? So, yeah. And, and like Baikal. They advertise it like this comes from the bottom of the lake Baikal, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it could come from Moscow <laughs> River. Really? You never know. You never know. Don't it's trust true. Don't trust advertising. You should mm-hmm. be the first person to say that. I am an advertising yeah. specialist. Don't trust <laughs> advertising. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, uh, Vladikavkaz is the capital, and yeah. that is your home city. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, t- tell us, um, this is one thing about Vlad- Vlada, that she is, even though she is from not a city, she is not not a city. Yeah. She is ethnically Russian. Yeah. So, tell us the story of uh, how you got to Vladivostok. Vladikavkaz. Yeah. Many people are confused yeah. this. Um... I don't remember. I asked uh, many times, like my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, one, my grandmother uh, used to live in Azerbaijan, and the other mm-hmm. is in Kazakhstan. And wow. uh, I have so many roots uh-huh. <laughs> throughout the Russia. And uh, when my parents were young, mm, they moved to North Ossetia mm-hmm. and they were studying there at schools. Mm-hmm. And that's the story. That's all story. Is, is that common for Russians to, how do you say, be from two different countries? Because uh, Yeah, of course, because uh, we... SSSR. Schools, yeah, SSSR. SSSR, SSSR yeah. But thing is, like, for, from an Indian perspective, it is, I never met anyone who had one international patent in my life in India. Oh, yeah. which, which is, for us, it's, like, very different and very fascinating. But in Russia, it's quite common. I know a lot of people who one patent might be from Azerbaijan, from yeah. Armenia. Yeah. Especially in Caucasus, it's just really spread. Really? Yeah. Really? I thought Caucasus were more homogenous in terms that if you're Balkar, you marry an another Balkar yeah. more mm-hmm. than you marry yeah, a Russian. Yeah, I understand. Uh, but in other uh, Caucasian respo- republics, mm-hmm. uh, the rules are more strict than in North Ossetia about this. Like, if oh, you who? belong to one ethnic group, right. but your, that you, you, your mm, uh, couple... Your spouse. Yeah, supergroup. your pair mm-hmm. should be... Should Same ethnic. Yeah, yeah. But in North Ossetia, it's more chill. Yeah. Ah, okay. And do... And another thing is, like, even though these 
so the principle of a republic is that they have an ethnic group yeah. and they have like a native language, yeah. which is special. Mm-hmm. Hence, they get the republic status in the mm-hmm. Russian Federation. But they also have a lot of Russians and Ukrainians yeah, and of pe- other people living in. Mm-hmm. So is that also quite common in all the republics? Or are there some republics which are more, let's say, Russian and which are more, let's say, ethnicity of that particular thing? What do you think about that? I think uh, it is more spread in Caucasian republics. Spread as in um, more Russians live there or less no, Russians live? less Russians. Less live Russians live there, there. Yeah. okay. Uh, the majority, maybe the 95% of my classmates were Ossetians. And mm. we are like two or three persons ethnically Russian. Ah, okay. Yeah, and... Actually, all my friends from Ossetia are Ossetians. Oh, yeah. Okay. The majority of. How them. did that feel? Being the only, my only kid in the um, class who's Russian. I I know that feeling because I'm the only brown guy in the building. Oh, excellent. I know. So how how was it for you? Um, growing it is, up. Uh, it is great, uh, but sometimes there are situations when you don't like that thing at all because. Uh, I had a teacher, Mm -hmm. Uh, this situation uh, isn't related to me, but to my classmate who was actually Russian and she lived in Ingushetia Mm -hmm. and she comes, came Came. to our school every morning. So she came from Ingushetia? Ingushetia, yeah. Why? Her family is like uh, the military officers Uh and they moved a lot Uh and I don't know. She just wanted Dude, to study in Ingushetia is like a different republic. Yeah. So she came yeah. from a republic. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you guys must have good roads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, she, we had uh, classes of Ossetian language uh, three times a week, like in English, mm-hmm. but it's equally ineffective. Can, can I stop you? So yeah. f- you learn three languages, which is Russian, Ingushetian and English in school. Yeah, yeah. So primary language is Russian. You learn yes, other yes. subjects in Russian. Mm-hmm. Yes, and yes. you learn Ingushetian as your first language. Ossetian. I'm yes. sorry, I'm sorry, Ossetian. Yeah. And you learn English as a third language. Yeah. I think you were really interested in the third language. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Right. Yeah. Okay, carry on. Um, and uh, my teacher of Ossetian uh, was really demanding mm-hmm. uh, teacher and I didn't like her at all. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe in the seventh or sixth grade, I was really motivated to learn Ossetian language because, uh, you know, when you live in this republic, you want to be closer to these people, people. and you want to learn their language to understand right. what they're talking about. Right. Uh, even if uh, they don't talk uh, much in the daily life, right. but you want to be closer to this culture right. because you live there. Um, but my motivation was undermined uh, by this teacher uh, because um, she was Russian, mm-hmm. this girl, and she showed her unwillingness to learn a social language because mm-hmm. she was going to... Uh, go to Moscow to study at the university and she just like I don't need this language at all why do you make me to learn this and uh, she said this phrase my teacher like you eat our bread 
you it's... drink our water my okay. teacher said okay. that and you live uh, in our land right so you it is your obligation to learn. learn the language mm-hmm. and I was really shocked by this statement because uh, it was obligatory to learn the Assyrian language in schools in uh, in yeah. North Assyria yeah yeah um, they don't care what uh, ethnic ethnic group you, you belong to yeah you just should learn this language and I don't think that it is fair I think it should be voluntary uh, because she was very strict, my teacher, mm-hmm. and I hated all the classes of the city <laughs> language. And you know, they should, uh, I don't know, uh, make some betterments in the way they study that, right. teach that language, because I don't know many words. Uh, I know actually a few. Oh, okay. I learned this language for 11 years uh-huh. and I can speak that. But when you learn language, your main aim is to speak it fluently with uh, natives. Yeah, yeah. But we just uh, did different exercises on the book and that's right. it. Right. But did, when, which language did you talk with your friends? Russian. So you talk in Russian with the, your Assyrian friends? Yeah. Yeah, but they can uh, speak to their parents, grandparents right. in Ossetian. Right. You know, uh, the problem of Ossetia is that their language uh, can be can become extinct soon. Because, That's a problem with a lot of Russian yeah, republics. Because less and less people uh, have a desire to learn it, especially Ossetians. Right. And, you know, Maybe majority... that's why your teacher was so strict. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's true. And the majority of my classmates were Ossetians. They had Ossetian surnames, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know, maybe 10% uh, could uh, actually speak, speak yeah, wow. with their parents. Uh, Ossetian can have uh, a surname. Well, could you give an example of an Ossetian surname? Um, I have a friend, Mariam Hitagurova, Makiva. Kochiva. Mm-hmm. Um, Kochi? Kochi Yo, that's that's the name of my city, Kochi. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Kochiva. Yeah. Ah. Their surnames are really beautiful, uh-huh. but their problem is that they don't want to speak the language, it, to it, learn the language. And I think this, I did, you listen to the um, uh, Buriate episode? Mm, no, I don't. Think he so. said the same thing. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know his language that they speak in Buryati, only his grandparents know it. And he says that the Russification has been so successful in a way that there is no incentive financially yeah. to actually learn their own language because in a sphere of a job, it won't help them. Just Russian helps them. Mm-hmm. And that kind of de-incentivizes a lot of young people to not learn their language, yeah. especially if their parents don't speak it to them at home. And this is, I think for me, I, that's one problem that Inostransovs have differentiating Russians from other republics mm-hmm. because the fluency of your language is so similar yeah. that you can't really say if mm-hmm. you're from any of Caucasian yeah. republics or you're an ethnic Russian. Mm-hmm. Same pr- case I had with you until you wrote that. I was like, she's Russian. Mm-hmm. I didn't think you yeah. were from Caucasus. That, how to say, differentiation is getting less and less defined yeah. as it yeah. goes on. 
So actually, our government, I think, spends a lot of money to maintain this language, but these measures aren't effective because We... it's not incentivizing anybody. Yeah. They have, uh, my peers have no motivation to learn the language because they're like, oh my God, I do, I do not want to live there. Right. I want to go to bigger cities like right, Moscow, right, St. Right. Petersburg, and I do not uh, want to live there. Right. I will left, leave. So, leave, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, the way the economy is kind of constructed also affects that. For, I can draw a parallel with India because... Most people of my generation who went to um, a school which mm-hmm. may uses English as the main language of instruction, we are better at consuming and expressing and even reading, writing everything in English than mm-hmm. our own languages. For me, I never studied my own language in school. Hence, I am really slow at reading and my mm-hmm. writing is almost non-existent because mm-hmm. I never had incentive because... All the cool movies, all the job prospects in the future, mm-hmm. all the educational prospects in the future, everything's in English. So why should I spend time studying yeah. language? So yeah. that is like the case in India. But Russia is like 21st century, 200 miles forward in which the Russian language has become so dominant in the sphere of ec- economy and education, everything that mm-hmm. there's no point yeah. unless you have some cultural, how do you say, mm, yeah. pride. To mm-hmm. retain that language, which is really interesting. I think that Russians that uh, can fluently speak English, they're really patient and hardworking. Because yeah. in school, yeah. um, you know, they have an awful approach to teaching English. English. And that's the problem, because when foreigners come to Russia, they just don't communicate with Russians at all. Yeah. Because they're like, hello, how are you? Oh, Andre! <laughs> I saw I saw a video yesterday where the foreigners asks someone on the street like, "How are you?" And she's like, "Andre." I'm like, <laughs> Do you know the first time I came to Russia, I was doing the FIFA World Cup. Mm-hmm. So I get off at the airport, and there's like these volunteers. Mm-hmm. So I asked the dude, "Hello." So I knew like I tried to I didn't speak like how you're talking. Like, I just thought like, "Hello, could you show me where the bathroom is?" Mm-hmm. And he didn't understand bathroom. And he's like thinking, what the bathroom? I'm like, a toilet. I'm like, ah, toilet. Please go to this side. He was struggling so hard mm-hmm. to explain how to go to the restroom. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. These people don't speak English so well. Mm-hmm. And it was a big shock because, I don't know, in India, I, I met a lot of Europeans. And I met a lot of Eastern Europeans from mm-hmm. Prague from Czech Republic. So I kind of assume that Russia is kind of like that and they kind of speak English, but mm-hmm. there's a little su- 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 survivorship bias because only English speaking co- people come to India. Mm-hmm. So I assume that all people speak, which is a fallacy on my part. But when I get to Russia and doing the World Cup and I start talking to people, I'm like, yo. <laughs> Please learn the language. It is international. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but, I, but, I, but the irony is I came to Russia to learn mm-hmm. Russian yeah. and I'm talking to Russians in Russian. It is really funny. But yeah, let's get back to uh, Norton Asset here. Can, can we just play one video? I found a video of a really cool girl. And she explains um, about the language of uh, Norton Asset here. And I think we'll check it out. And she speaks okay. Norton Asset here. Mm-hmm. 
it's 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 a it's really it's a really cool channel called the ethnic origins of beauty i, I uh-huh. recommend everyone watching to check it out i'll leave it in the show notes it's like they interview women from ethnic minorities from across the world and they talk in their language and talk about their culture and show their uh, ethnic dresses mm-hmm. and there're like so many ethnicities that you wouldn't hear of and i kind of and there's a few russian ethnicities too and i'm mm-hmm. like yo now i can see like the difference mm-hmm. and I, i i have seen girls that look like this in our university but i'm like i thought everyone's russian but they're not mm-hmm. so let's check it out This language is really hard to learn. I try to do that and pronunciation is really, really difficult. difficult. Yeah. There are many just uh, letters like k uh p t yeah, rude, really rude. <laughs> Trainers think that Russian is rude, but uh-huh. actually no. Wow. <laughs> It isn't. Yeah. Um from what I saw from the videos like this girl so you can check it out a little like this mm-hmm. girl looks very Mm, Middle Eastern. Yeah. Are mm-hmm. most of the people in Ossetia like that? Mm, hard to tell. Um, majority of uh people who belong to Ossetian mm-hmm. ethnic group, uh, they have uh, black hair, uh-huh. like uh, big brows, uh-huh. big lips, uh-huh. uh, and uh, they have smuggler kosha. Uh, uh like darker skin yeah okay yeah. um but uh asians claim they assure everyone that their ancestors 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 yeah uh they were like uh svetlaya oh white or yeah, light skin they had uh blue eyes mm. But now uh, the majority of Ossetians have black eyes or brown eyes. Ah, okay. And they're really beautiful, I think. Yeah. Yeah. This girl was like this Middle Eastern Iranian beauty yeah. mm-hmm. sort of white. So that's the thing with the Ossetian language, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Is the only other Indo-European language in a Russian Republic other than Russian. So. Maybe. 
I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a fact, but mm -hmm. I'm, I didn't verify it. Yeah. Because all the other languages, I, the Turkic languages like Abatinsky yeah. uh -huh. and the other uh, Caucasian languages, and others are like Mongoloid, mm, Sino-Mongoloid languages, mm -hmm. like the ones in Buryatia and uh, Sibir. So this language is really unique in that sense, and it's more closer to... Iranian language yeah, yeah. than to Russian, mm -hmm. I believe, mm -hmm. and that makes it really fascinating because I think it's the only republic in Russia which has a language which is closer mm -hmm. to Iranian, and that's pretty cool, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. And um, so, how is your situation with language? With a Syrian yeah. language, um, I can say some phrases. Mm -hmm. uh, I understand obscene language. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how we all learn. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I've been a very good boy with Russian. I don't know any bad Russian phrases. Really? No, I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wasn't gonna believe you with that <laughs> because I don't know any Russian who doesn't uh, use uh, yeah, obscene yeah. language yeah, in true. his speech. True, true. Uh, I uh, visit my grandma every summer. He Where does she lives, live? Uh, huh? Where does she live, your grandmother? Mm, Azerbaijan? She is from Kazakhstan. Uh -huh. But she lives in Kazakhstan? Uh, yeah, she lives uh, in a village near Ossetia. Ah, okay. There are a lot of countryside. Okay. And um, around the city, uh, in the countryside, in the villages, there are more people that speak Ossetian. Mm. And, uh, you know, I used to spend there three summer months. Mm -hmm. And when I, when my parents came to take me home, I was just like native Ossetian. Oh, you're speaking because, so good in Ossetian? <laughs> yeah, oh. because uh, a lot of children there uh -huh. uh, are used to speak Ossetian uh -huh. and their parents speak to them only in that language. Uh -huh. And they, even if you ask something in Russian, they um, reply, in reply in Ossetian. Oh my God. Yes. That's me with English now. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm trying, I'm trying to more, be more Russian, yeah, be more Russian. Swear it more. is hard. It is hard, yeah. And um, so, so I, I, I'm guessing you speak Russian with your parents at home. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, when do you have to actually use a seti in, in a day in a normal situation? Mm. Where you have to in other than your favorite teacher's class. Yeah. <laughs> in what uh, situation will people use? Maybe to understand some jokes on local mm -hmm. publics mm. on the internet. And uh, there are some popular phrases that are known by every ethnic group that lives in uh, Ossetia. Okay. They are popular, like uh, one of the words is uh, uh, It means um, a person with uh, bad, uh, I don't know, uh, bad education. Mal educado. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mal educado. <laughs> yeah. In the end, okay. Uh, with bad manners. Mm. Ill-mannered uh, person. person. Yeah, and uh, it is often related to girls. Uh -huh. Like, oh my God, you're wearing a short skirt. Oh, okay. You are anagdao. Wow. I know the <laughs> Russian for it, but I'm not going to use that. I'm not going to use that. <laughs> yeah. I don't use it in Moscow and... Yeah, um, it's kind of a rude thing to say. Yeah. So um. It is a local joke. Yeah, I think all all how do you say, one Assetian listening to this podcast will <laughs> laugh at you like ah I know that word. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, so um, let's play a game. So okay. what I did is like I asked my Iranian friend mm-hmm. to I, I did a little bit of research from a video and compared words in Iranian and Assetian which are very similar. Mm-hmm. So I'll play the audio to you and you have to guess the meaning. And he <laughs> said it in Iranian, okay. but it, I think it would be similar to you in Assetian. Cool. Okay, there, there, there's there no is a possibility that I won't understand anything, but let's <laughs> try that. <laughs> yeah, if you don't take a chance, you never know. But let's try that. Just give me a moment, I'll just increase the volume of it. And, and thank you to Daniel for the voice notes. He, he, I did the Iran podcast with mm-hmm. him. Really nice guy. So, yeah. So the first word is... Sar. Sar. I think maybe it is head. <gasps> Ten points. She really? got it right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my it means God. head. <laughs> oh my, I'm Renative Assyrian. Thank you. <laughs> Assyrians, your teacher did a good job in teaching her. <laughs> Assyrian. So let's try next one. Chakabar. Chakabar. I know uh, an expression. What's happening? 100% correct. Really? Seriously, that is what it is. It means like, what, um, uh, like what's up? Also, what is the news? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I speak Assyrian. You speak Iranian. This is Iranian, actually. Wow. See how similar it is to Assyrian. Let's check out the next word. Sorgh. Sorgh. No, I don't, don't know what it's that. Mm, it's a color. Oh. Which color is it? Uh, red? Sorgh. Cool. Wait, wait. Sorgh. Sorgh. It is red. It is red. It is red. Shirgh. Yeah. Oh, you, you guys say shirgh. Shirgh. Uh, yeah. The Iranian says sorgh. Uh, I'm fucking okay. up the pronunciation. And here's the last one. Cool. Cool. Mm-mm. Don't understand that. Mm, it means mm, mountain. Oh, really? Yeah. Can I listen yeah. to that again? Cool. Uh-huh. Cool. Uh, it's cool. Hoch in Assyrian. Hoch. Hoch. Oh, okay. It's, it's, it's kind of, kind of similar, but the yeah, first two ones amazing. she got correct. Sar and Chakhabar. Uh, yeah, Sakhabar. Yeah. See that's that's what really cool because there isn't there is another Rus- Russian language Republic language which is so similar to Iranian and that is like proper Iranian which my friend was saying. It so it's really interesting. Yeah, that I could could understand, understand that, it, right? Yeah. It's super cool. Thing because if, when I tried to when I tried to speak Assyrian uh, around my Assyrian friends, I just like don't do that. Which friends? <laughs> you can do that. You you mean your Assyrian yeah. friends? Yeah. Oh, why do you not encourage her? Come on! <laughs> because they have so excellent accents. Because they're native. No, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, asking you to like... It doesn't sound beautiful when uh, you don't use the accent. You mean the... Assetian, yeah. Oh, come on. You can make your own sexy accent. Like I do with my <laughs> Russian. <laughs> oh, it's true. It's completely true. Yeah. Dude, that's pretty cool. And... Um, Let's talk a little bit about the history of the people of Assetia because okay. that's also really interesting. I didn't expect Assetia to have to be so fascinating for me. Mm-hmm. I thought it's like it's like a normal 
Caucasian Republic, they would be like a Turkic tribe. Islam would have come at some point, and mm-hmm. they, these since they're mountain people, they'll have like a language isolated, hence they're different. But I say it is not that case. It's very different from the other Caucasian Republic. So, tell us about the people, the history of Ossetians. Oh, it was really hard to me because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into history of this place, but I know it was really it's uh, ancient. It has many things to be boast of mm-hmm. uh, in this history. We had a subject in school where we learned about the history. I think I think a good way to go into the history would be to explain why this republic is called North Ossetia and Alania. Uh, the Ossetia, Alania part is important. Uh, Alania is um, Ossetians, um, this word, uh, essence. Ancestors, ancestors. Yes. Uh, they were called uh, Alane. Mm-hmm. E that's why uh, the name of the republic has Alania okay. in the end. So what do you know about these people, Alan- Alanians? Mm, I know that they uh, <laughs> traveled through the world a lot, mm-hmm. trying to conquer mm-hmm. uh, some lands. And that's all I know So in truth. Uh, so for, uh, what I, I, I read upon these people and what I got to know about is that they were from Iran. Mm-hmm. They were like an Iranian tribe and they moved to um, this part, uh, North Kafkas. Mm-hmm. And they had, at one point, they had their own kingdom and it was called Kingdom of Alania. Mm-hmm. And thing is, the Alanians split at one point and they went to Western Europe and the next Alanian kingdom was actually in Spain. Like Spain. So, North Kafkas and Spain are two places where Alania... They're not the same people, and mm-hmm. it, like thousands of years, but the people of the same root. And they even went as far as North Africa. Mm-hmm. So, the Alanians are this um, Iranian group who went, migrated throughout Europe, and they kind of assimilated with the other tribes of Europe, like the Vandals and the... Ro- they got similar to the Romans and they kind of lost that Al- Alanian mm-hmm. um, ancestry. Mm-hmm. But in North Kafkas, they actually maintained their own kingdom for a long time. And they were like this, um, how do you say, Grusia, uh, Georgia was a really strong kingdom at the mm-hmm. time. And Alania was like sometimes aligned with them. And there were the Khazars, which were mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. kingdom of the... Ukraine, Russia at that time, they were actually Jewish, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And they were a part of, uh, 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 friends with them too at one point. Again, fact check everything I say, I'm just recalling it off uh, Wikipedia. And then the Mon- Mongols came oh, and yeah. the Golden Horde, Solotoy Horde yeah, happened. Yeah. And that's when kind of, how do you say it, the kingdom kind of collapsed and the number of people who lived there also kind of collapsed. But the, important, the interesting thing was that they had their own kind of own religion, in a way, which is being um, revived right now. It's called Alanism, which is really interesting. And they were Christian. Mm-hmm. They, I think th- there are very few like Christian republics in Kafkas. Yeah. And Assetia is one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And another, th- another interesting thing is like, there are these like very unique forms of Christianity, which is found in Armenia, Gruzia, mm-hmm. and this too is also like k- kind of unique because it's more it, it it wasn't affected by the Russian Orthodoxy until very late. Yeah. 
-hmm. So, which makes it kind of interesting because there's a little bit of paganism, Yazichistua. I don't know how to say it. I think mm -hmm. it's in it's the same in Russian. But there's elements of that too in this particular um, culture, which makes it really interesting. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you you wanna add anything to that? Is there, um, is, is there like anything which you which I might have said wrong or anything? Mm -mm. Cool. So I think that's how the Alanians, Alanian people came mm -hmm. in. And I think it, it's really interesting. I think like everyone listening should read more about the Alanian people because uh, I don't know. It's like, it's like, how do you say? It? It's like Jewish people in the sense that they they're able to um trace back their roots to this particular ancient point in period and these people are also able to do that which is pretty pretty cool yeah and then what happened then like the russian empire came in the Caucasus yeah. uh, campaigns and one interesting thing was Assetia was able to assimilate much quicker with the russian empire than the other uh islamic republics mm -hmm. of uh Caucasus. Yeah, the war between Russia and Caucasus was really long, about more yeah. than sixty years. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Great <laughs> as in <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, the the length. So much time. Yeah. It takes so much time to conquer Caucasian yeah. republics. Some people say it's still not conquered. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. You, there is still some. How do you say? Um resistance towards mm -hmm. Russian conquest there. So I'll just read one um, paragraph from Wikipedia on the significance of the Alans. So I'll read it. A group of Scythian tribes, the Sarmatians, known as the Alans, that is Aryans through a common in internal consonant shift, that is Iranians, from the first century onwards migrated into Europe, allied with the German Gothics, the Alans penetrated west into France, Italy, Spain, and other territories under the Roman Empire. The Romans tried to manage the threat by hiring them as mercenaries in the cavalry, uh, or, or particularly in France, by buying them off as landed gentry. Many toponyms in France, such as Allenville, Alencourt, Alençon, and others, testify that there was territorial possession of Alan families. Alan, equestrian culture, formed the basis of medieval cavalry, and in general, Alan culture had a significant role, though rarely recognized, in the development of Western European culture. So, um, this is like a quote by some dude who was talking about the Alan thing. But it's like this particular tribe kind of infused with the people of all these places, France, Italy, Spain. Mm -hmm. And they brought this culture of horses mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. these parts too. Don't know how extensive it was. So... That's that. Do they still like have that horse culture? I don't know the word. Forget that. In current day Assetia, the culture of how do you say pastoral, uh, going in into like fields with a herd of sheep and mm. horses and just. There are a lot of villages around the Vladikavkaz mm -hmm. where people still still uh live that way of life mm -hmm. they like uh they live in the mountains mm -hmm. and they have their own uh animals mm -hmm. uh, sheep cows right. etc and 
they enjoy the life in the mountains i don't understand how they do that <laughs> they don't have instagram yeah, <laughs> that's why they enjoy yeah. life <laughs> maybe yeah uh, actually there are a lot of ossetians in uh, turkey i know that wow really yeah I know why turkey so are there more ossetians in turkey than in georgia how to tell because georgia is like your border yeah but turkey is like a little bit far away so why mm-hmm. why are there more ossetians in turkey than in georgia uh, russia had so many wars with turkey during its history right uh, and uh, i think they uh, the russian government made uh ossetians or people from other caucasian republic go mm. to war mm. and uh, when war was finished they would just stay there maybe right I think Kabardinsky, they also had kind of a lot of their population mm-hmm. living in Turkey. Yeah, that is interesting. It's so a shame for me because uh, despite the fact that Georgia is like the next state to us, I have never been there. Really? It's two hours by car and I have never been there. To Georgia? Yeah. Wow. But my friend, one of my best friends, Mariam. Uh, she has Georgian roots and she even speaks the language and I often can do, do I know Marianne? no no oh, she, she's she not sure like, yeah okay I just uh, if she listened to this oh podcast, okay <laughs> shout out to Maria <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay uh, and I often uh, listen to her uh, speaking to her mom in Georgia in Georgia yeah do we have Georgian students in Rundin? I ha- I haven't met them yeah. I know only Russians uh, the and two and four Vietnamese girls. Yeah, <laughs> distance learning is like yeah, man. awful. Thing. It's awful, but now things are getting better. Yeah, I you got your vaccine. Hmm? Vaccine, you got it? No. Uh, and you? I got it like three day, four days back. And how you feel? I first first day I was so tired. I slept like a you know pig after Halloween. I want to do that really because sleep like a pig. No, <laughs> to do the vaccine. Okay, the vaccine, yeah. But Russian people are so I'm not so excited about that. I think there are few uh, anti-vaxxers. Yeah. People who are like not skeptical. Sure about yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I I used to be like that. I was like, okay, this ha- this vaccine has not been tested on enough people at one point, so I was a little bit unsure. But now it's more eff- the efficacy rate is so good and like people are like more the russian vaccine is given more preference in india it's starting like that they're mm-hmm. like the efficacy rate for the russian vaccine is much higher than the other one so people are like preferring the russian vaccine initially it goes on like it's like russian vaccine mm, <laughs> we should be worried <laughs> but now it's changed it's good mm-hmm. and rudin is giving it out for free for in a stance in, in mm-hmm. international students right now i know a, per- a friend of mine she had to pay ten thousand rubles to get the vaccine because she needed to go to India wow. in an emergency and she was like, I'll give you any money, just give me the vaccine. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, she had to pay that. But now it's free and mm-hmm. get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Know, yeah. uh, like if I start spreading anti-vax conspiracy theories, then my content will get mm-hmm. up, like um, banned on YouTube. So uh, let's support Did vaccine. you have coronavirus? Me? No, no, no. I think I did. Like two times last year, I was sick. Enough not to work out, but I was normal enough to go study mm-hmm. for one week. It felt strange. It might have been the worst. I don't know. I got it this year too, where I was sick, not to work out, but I was okay. I was doing my stuff. So I think it could have been. You yeah. never know. 
But I it's did check situation. it. Oh, you, you got it too? Uh, I uh, wasn't sick, mm-hmm. but uh, so many people around me were sick. Mm. And I'm just, I'm shocked how could I stay healthy. <laughs> I know how. You've been drinking water uh, from Nota yeah. Setia. <laughs> that's that's, that's the vaccine. That's yeah. the real vaccine. <laughs> really yeah, that's really interesting. And what? How do the Assetians kind of consider Alans and the Alanism? You said they say they're their ancestors, but the current identity of being Assetian does this Alanian part have? any like pride or do they try of to of course they are really pride of uh, belonging to this ethnic group and like uh, if they are in another country or in another Russian city they uh, the first thing they do is that I'm a Syrian mm. I'm from the Caucasus okay uh, yeah, think... Caucasus people in general have that sense yeah. which is really cool yeah. which I really like admire they are Cool people. I like this uh, nationality. I like this ethnic group. They are really hospitable. Mm-hmm. They are really sweet people. Mm-hmm. Now I can compare them to Moscow people, and oh, yeah. I can understand <laughs> the difference. <laughs> Moscow people need to get a game together. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> nice. And the religion of Asianism. Do you know about that? Mm. Uh, I know the fact that uh, our republic, in comparison with other Caucasian republic, is uh, Orthodox. Yeah, Christian. Yeah. Christian. Uh, and the majority of people are Christians. But mm-hmm. uh, many times when I were in other Russian cities visiting my relatives, mm-hmm. uh, all their friends were like, Are you Muslim? Mm. I would yeah. ask the same question because mm-hmm. I see more Caucasians, except yeah. Kalmykia. Kalmykia yeah. is Buddhist, mm-hmm. which is absolutely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> to be a uh, Muslim republic, yeah. majority Muslim republics. So what are like normal, specific names for Assetians that Russians don't usually have? Mm, I like... For, for example, your name Vlada is 100% the Russian. Yeah. It's like, it's like, how do you say? It's like, um, what's a good example? It's like the Statue of Liberty for Russian names. <laughs> You associate Vlad with... Yeah. It's, it doesn't get more Russian than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, boys' names mm-hmm. are beautiful. I like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like uh, Russian names that they give to boys. Like uh, Pasha, mm-hmm. Vanya. Mm-hmm. It seems too simple. For me. <laughs> <laughs> what are like Ossetian names? Uh, I like them. For example? Khetak. Um, Khaytak, I Timur. never Timur. Timur, yeah, I heard of it. Yeah, Batras. Oh, I never heard of these names. Um, let's think. Think of your classmates. Uh, I have a friend, uh, his name is Abhas. That sounds so... Abhasia? Yeah, like Abhasia. Ah. <laughs> his name is Abhas. Wow. Give me some girl names. Uh, Fatima. Yeah, yeah. Fatima is like an Islamic name, but even yeah. Orthodox girls put it like Christians also use this name Fatima. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Zalina. Uh-huh. Milana. Oh, Milana. Hey, Milana. <laughs> she's in Kabardina Valkaria and she's like, yeah. but is it Milana? 
Is it like a Ossetian name or is it like uh, Kafkasian now name? Now I meet a lot of girls in Russia who have Milana. Yeah. Mm, okay. Karina. Wow, that's an Indian name actually. There are really? Indian people in Karina. Yeah. Great. Mariam, my friend. Yeah, Miriam. It's yeah. like Mary. Miriam. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, they have really beautiful names. So, and when I moved to Russia, and they're just all Ola, Masha, Masha, Kasha, Sasha. I'm just <laughs> too simple. Dude, you know Anastasia? Yeah. I have like five Anastasias in my I group. have like 1,000 <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. It's like, you know, there's this statistics. Like in 2010, when Andres Iniesta scored the goal in the final against um, Netherlands in the FIFA World Cup, Nine months later, all the babies which were born in that particular month, a lot of them were named Andres, 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 Andres. So I have this feeling like all the girls born in like, how do you say, 17 or 18 years back, there was some like pop singer named Anastasia. And then all parents were like, okay, let's name our girl Anastasia, Anastasia. It's crazy. There's like so many Anastasia in my class even. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Mm. In Russia, I think there is a really short list of names that you can exactly, give to your baby. Exactly. I think in America, for example, America in Europe, they can just uh, like a table. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's how you call it now. Maybe that, I don't know. You know, like the name of Elon Musk's kid yeah. is like an equation. That's a crazy shit. But yeah. but yeah, that's true. That's very true. Like I find it so difficult to... When you say Pasha, you can be like five different people. Yeah. And it's so difficult to mm-hmm. specify on who it is. So in- let's... Interestingly that I haven't met any Vlada in my... I, yeah, yeah, true, 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 true. You're the first okay, Vlada I know. yeah, I'm the only one. <laughs> Thank <laughs> <Hopefully>. you. <laughs> maybe, maybe some Vlada listening to me like, yeah. no, bitch, I'm also Vlada. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if there's not a lot of listening to this, uh, I'll, I'll send her Instagram at the end of this. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about ASEANism. Because um, I find it kind of fascinating because it's li- kind of similar to shamanism in a way. It's more... Um, I, I, I read in the article they don't like to be called it like um, paganism. Mm-hmm. I kind of, kind of find it disrespectful, but I don't know how to express it in, in, in another way. So it's kind of like Yazichestua, where the elements of nature and that old uh, Alan culture brought into it. Do you know anyone who practices this? Uh, I don't know anyone. Asianstua. Mm, no, I don't know anyone who belongs to mm-hmm. this. Uh, but uh, Assyrians have a lot of holidays. And every holiday is like dedicated to some person or some god, mm. and they still celebrate it. Mm. So despite the fact that because they of are... Navruz, uh, Navruz, it's like an Iranian holiday, Iranian New Year. Uh, it's no, called. I don't know that. Mm. Because yeah, carry on. Mm, despite the fact that they are Christians, mm-hmm. and um, mm. in fact there is one god, mm-hmm. they still uh, celebrate yeah. other holidays yeah. that are dedicated to other gods. Wow. And uh, you know, it is uh, easy to think that in Assyria, uh, the religion is paganism. Paganism. Yeah. yeah. But actually, no, they are just celebrating all this stuff. Wow. Based on the history, yeah. Alani Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting because they didn't like crucify that level where yeah. they forget all these things. <laughs> yeah. Which is really, really interesting. 
And what about Islam? Are there like is- Islamic people in Ossetia? Mm, I know there are many, but I don't know anyone mm-hmm. in particular. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And how do you get there? I I know like like your Russians think like is the internet like mm-hmm. how do you get between your so first let's define your bordering republics which is Kabardino-Balkaria, uh, Stavropol Krai, yeah. and South English South Ossetia, no. uh, domestic republics. It's an international border, oh, right? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Ingushetia. Mm-hmm. Right. So, how do you get to your place? Is it easy to travel between all these republics? Mm, I get there by plane, mm-hmm. and I have never been to these republics. <gasps> never been to republics. Why? No. I don't know. Um, my family is. Uh, we don't uh, travel a lot, mm-hmm. and if we travel, we are like uh, to Krasnodarsky Krai, to the mm-hmm. sea, mm. but not to our neighbors' republics. How can can you like drive to your neighboring republics? Mm, yeah, we can, but uh-huh. we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I have this. I I want to like go through all the Caucasian. Sorry, I want to go through all the Caucasian republics when I'm still in Russia because it's so it be yeah. so cool. Especially after I do a lot of podcasts and I learn about the republics mm-hmm. and I'm like, yo, it is really cool. Visit Novorossiya. It's worth it. Where would you recommend I go if I do come down to Novorossiya? Okay. Uh, firstly, I recommend you to eat Ossetian pies because Ossetian pies. Yeah. Uh, if is... you can make, oh, yeah. dude, Milana, <laughs> Milana makes this. Yeah. Milana makes this, but it's, it's Kabardinsky version, and dude, this is. I think it's Turkmen also make this. Mm. It's a Central Asian Caucasian favorite. I I call this. Yeah. The Turkmen version, I call it Turkmenski pizza. <laughs> <laughs> because I can't remember the Turkmenian. And he's like, okay, just eat it. <laughs> yeah. And it's delicious. I it like is it. really delicious. It's, it's kind of dry, so you need something to drink with. I usually drink um, with um, soap. And maybe, yeah. But, but they are uh, delicious mm-hmm. uh, in uh, all ways. Right. You eat it. Yeah. Uh, uh, there is an Assyrian beer. Assyrian beer. I, yeah. I, I, Dude, I'm trying to quit <laughs> drinking. Why are you Why are you tempting me like this? Uh, it's not an alcohol. It's like kwas. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Okay, kwas is good. I can drink it. Yeah. Kwas is like how do you say? It? It's not fermented alcohol, but it's kind of like it. It's like mm-hmm. al- alcoholless beer. Yeah. Why is it colored like this? It can I be honest. It it looks like piss. It's look like yeah. <laughs> Does it taste like no? No, it is tasty. Uh, what's it made from? Malt. Oh, I don't know. I just drink it. No, you drink it. You don't ask <laughs> questions. <laughs> I'm not curious about this kind of stuff. I'm just eating. That's all. Right. So you, I should eat like the Assetian pie with yeah. Assetian beer. Shashlik. Well, is it Assetian shashlik? Yeah. I think shashlik is uh, it's very common yeah, in Caucasian In Caucasian cultures, and, yeah. Uh, people from all the republics are just like... Try our shashlik. <laughs> so, so each republic has a special shashlik. Yeah, maybe. Mm, that's one thing. I'll, so I'll be like the first guy to try all the shashliks. <laughs> first Indian, definitely try all yeah. the Caucasian shashliks. Yeah. And I'll rate it. Okay, this one's good. Mm, this one's not mm-hmm. too good. Okay, cool. You have a job to do a great job. So many just to try all the shashliks. Yeah. And the Caucasian republics. Wow, that's a dream job. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. 
Nice. And what else? What else do you recommend mm, I eat? We eat the Caucasian kitchen cuisine mm-hmm, is really rich. Uh, but I don't like that. They have special uh, meals, mm-hmm. and I know one of them. It is called Zika. Zika. Yeah, but okay, I, I don't like that. Okay, I, With do... two keys. De, Z, ze, a de, de, ze, u, vieke, i, a. Zika. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, What's... I don't like that. Is that cheese? Yeah. It looks like melted cheese. Mm, I don't remember what it is made from. Sirnaya kasha. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> kasha made out of sir. Maybe. Ooh, that sounds cholesterolish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Okay, it doesn't look really good, can I be honest? It mm-hmm. looks a bit... Mm. Nice. Our Republic is famous for its uh, tables, like uh, how many meals are there. Mm. Like, uh, go with us, let's have some tea. And you just uh, come to visit this person and there is a whole oh, table of, of meals oh and dishes. Oh <laughs> it's called uh, have a tea. <laughs> have a tea. Mm-mm. Like that. How do you say it in Russian? No. Uh, when person asks you like Давай выпьем чай Хорошо When you come to visit this person uh-huh. uh, There are so many dishes oh, It's amazing. Caucasian hospitality I think. Wow I should definitely go there yeah. <laughs> I should like diet for one month and then go there <laughs> And come back green yeah. I'll gain weight Nice, that's really cool And yeah, places, places, places mm, uh, My favorite place is a village it is called Fiagdon. uh could i tell you uh f e oh sorry f e uh a g n no 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 d o n yeah in united kingdom no uh yeah yeah Fiagdon. yeah uh, it is a village in the mountains, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of photos on my phone. I can show you later. And uh, it is really beautiful. And this thing, this thing. I yeah. want to ask you about it. Uh, it is a dev city. It's called a necropolis. It is like a cemetery, in a way, mm. where dead people yeah. used to be buried. Yeah. You know, this, I, I recommend everyone to check out this picture. I'll, I'll attach it. It looks like um, pyramids, in a way, on the side of a hill. Mm-hmm. And these are like very ancient, like yeah, build, yeah. like. I've been there years. only once when I was really young. Uh huh. I have never been there. What, what's the, what's the vibe? Is it like oh shit? Is it like a cemetery vibe? Mm, yeah, it was like uh, fearful. Mm. Quite fearful. Right, right, right. This is how do you say it? I, I this is the most interesting picture of a place I found in uh, mm-hmm. Assetia, and it's really interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. And what, where else would you recommend I go? Um, maybe the main uh, street in Vladikavkaz. Vladikavkaz? Yeah. We call it Prospekt, but officially <laughs> it is called uh, Alexandrovsky Prospect, uh-huh. maybe. Okay. And it's like a long street, and I like that street. 
maybe uh you know when you want to go out it is the only street where you can go in our city it is small and when you want to meet your friends uh-huh. uh, to go out with them you just like go to prospect we have nowhere to go <laughs> right that's yeah. that how do you say it? the small city how you guys keep yourself uh social yeah you have this one main prospect mm-hmm. i've been to a city called ulyanovsk mm-hmm. and i kind of understand what you're saying you have mm-hmm. this one main street where yeah the kfc is the big hotel is yeah the swear bank is mm-hmm. the is, yeah. and then <laughs> yeah. after that you don't find anything mm-hmm. that's kind of like a small for me yeah. from indian perspective that's a small indian we, I, i would only call that a village i wouldn't call that a city yeah. but in russian russia definition is different mm-hmm. mm, interesting it is really cool to spend time there in summer because there are a lot of people and um, in a city it is really hot in summer so. mm. Uh, and uh, you know many young people gather and uh, sometimes uh, they dance their national uh, dances mm-hmm. uh, it is really cool mm-hmm. on the street yeah oh wow I would like to dance their national uh, stuff but I didn't take any classes in my life you but mean... I know a lot of uh, my friends that uh, can uh, dance ah, the national dancing yeah dude yeah the Caucasian dances are like i would describe it like how to say it? it's like the girl it like just goes around and the guy goes around her tap dancing yeah and from india perspective it looks like a peacock dance it's like there's this female peacock mm-hmm. and she's like stable and the male peacock she he's like swag and yeah. puts out all his tail feathers and he's like yo look mm-hmm. at me that's sort of why we get but it's really interesting to watch the kafkashian yeah, dances it's really beautiful you know when you go to the restaurant or to the bar uh you will always hear uh at least one national song mm-hmm. and all the people are just like going to the dance floor mm-hmm. and dancing their national dance wow. and uh there are no parties mm-hmm. uh without this national right. dances wow. it is great it is a uh, one of the ways how they try to maintain their culture that's that's really good yeah. I, i think ruden also like i see every time a republic holds a stall kafkashian they definitely will have a dance with mm-hmm. it and it's yeah. really beautiful yeah. and it's really very interesting too but how's the winters there how are the winters in a city um the climate is good but sometimes i think it is uh, really cold mm-hmm. in moscow it is much more colder mm-hmm. but in moscow there are temperatures like minus 27 mm-hmm. 28 we can have minus 3 well by moscow standards <laughs> by that's moscow, hot but minus three feels like minus 20 in Why? moscow i don't know we have a um, this kind of climate i don't влажный климат um humidity yeah 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 i i can understand and the tourists come there like do Have you seen an Indian dude coming to like notice it? Like, what's up, notice it? What's happening? <laughs> it would be strange. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think like I would like hitchhike through Russia, mm-hmm. and I think I'm going to be the first brown person a lot of Russians are going to see yeah. in their life who speaks Russian. Even yeah, they'll be like, "How do you speak Russian?" 
Uh, in our republic, uh, you know, everything new uh, is strange for people. Mm-hmm. They accept the new things really with Slowly. so difficulty. It is really hard to them, especially mm-hmm. to older generations. Right. Uh, I think it is a, one of the peculiarities of their mentality. Okay. And when they see something unusual, like the brown guy mm-hmm. uh, in the center of the North City, they're right. like, oh my God, what's he doing here? <laughs> really? Interesting, yeah. But they're really hospitable people. And right. uh, if you try to communicate with them, uh, to ask them a story, to uh-huh. study in history, they're uh-huh. like... Oh my god, of course I will tell you. Come on, son, sit yeah. down, let's get some chai. <laughs> sit on beer, twice, okay, let's get started. Like that. Okay, okay, I, we should like take the podcast there right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> right now. I'll check the plane tickets. <laughs> yeah, they are not so expensive, but it could be it, it, cheaper. It's the airport in Vladikavkaz? Uh, in Beslan. In Beslan, so you yes. get off at Beslan and go to mm-hmm. Vladikavkaz. Okay, yeah. okay, that's pretty cool, that's pretty cool. So yeah, that's... Uh, some people, when they, uh, when I say that I'm from Caucasus, from North Ossetia, they're like, oh my God, it is so far. I'm like, no, you are totally mistaken. Is Two it... hours by flight. Two hours. That's all, yeah. But some oh. people think that is like... So one hour by flight, I can get to uh, Krasnodar? Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's one hour from Krasnodar? Maybe, yeah. Mm, almost, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, Eastern Russia, I mean, sorry, Western Russia, everything is so close. You can go to St. Petersburg in 12 hours by train. Yeah. You can go to Belarus in six mm-hmm. hours by road. Yeah. And you can go to Vladikavkaz very quickly. But when you go east, that's when things get really long. Yeah. It is. I have some uh, relatives that live in Narilsk. It is the north of Russia. Mm-hmm. Is that like Murmansk, that side? Uh, yeah, it is close to mm-hmm. Murmansk. And they have nine months winters. Oh my and God. And I'm like, what's a pity? <laughs> <laughs> what a pity. Yeah. I know. If I want to write a book, I'll go there. Yeah. I'll just sit down and install Instagram and then I'll start working for nine months. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I feel more productive in terms of work in winter time mm-hmm. than in summer because summer there's yeah. like summer you there are things to do. Yeah. Everyone is like, hey man, let's go out. Yeah, I agree. In winter everyone's like, I'm depressed. I just want to get my <laughs> shit done. That's the why everyone has. Yeah. I, I, we have this joke that, you know, summer is the only time you can see a Russian smile on the street. It is true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> it's kind of true. Yeah. yeah. You know, I noticed that even in summer, some Russians in, in the subway, they're like, oh my God, I'm so depressed. <laughs> my life is the saddest thing. Oh my God. My life is a dustest, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, maybe. Let's see. It is a Russian mentality. Yeah, it, it is, is hard to live in Russia. I know. It's fact. It is fact. It is fact. Yeah. <laughs> That's why, like, for Russians, it's like, they always talk negative about Russia mm-hmm. to us in Estransev, and we are like, yeah, there might be a lot of bad things about Russia, but compared to where we come from, it's a lot better, the mm-hmm. way you guys are living, the things you take for granted, like the metro, mm-hmm. how women are safe to travel at any time at night. 
mm-hmm. most countries that's not the case so all these things you guys take for granted every day is really a privilege but people don't consider it because like you said like if you grow up in moscow all your yeah, life yeah. you don't take anything for, and but since you come from like a provincial town mm-hmm. you rally it so i can completely understand that so um, let's go a little bit back to the history of this place and uh what happened there during world war ii uh, do you have any stories from your grandparents time or? Uh, i have uh both my grandparents took part in a world war second too mm-hmm. but uh they didn't live in Assyria these times. One was from Kazakhstan uh-huh. and the other was from Azerbaijan. So, can, can I just ask you one? So, your one grandparent was native Russian living in Kazakhstan or Kazakhstani? Oh, I don't remember actually. Kazakhstan, maybe. Okay, and yeah. your Azerbaijan? Yeah. Is it like she was Azer- half Azerbaijanian and oh. half Russian. Ah, okay. Understand. Yeah, so I'm only um, 20% Azerbaijanian. Oh, that's, yeah. it's so cool you can say that. For me, I'm like, I'm 100% Indian. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. I don't know what else is happening with me. <laughs> that's the yeah, same. And uh, people from North Ossetia, they're really proud of uh, the person from Ossetia who took part, participated in the World War II. Uh, because our republic, um, the majority of heroes mm-hmm. in the World War II w- were from North Ossetia. What do it you was mean? Like, what do you mean? Um, from all the ethnic groups who uh-huh. live in Russia, uh-huh. Assyrian ethnic group. Uh, was the one who gave more heroes uh-huh. to the war right. than any other ethnic group. But first is native Russians, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about Ukrainians and uh, Belarusians? After all this, Ukrainian, Belarusian... Mm. Uh, so you're talking about like Caucasian minorities? Uh, ethnic groups, Ah, okay, yeah. understood, understood. Yeah. Ah, so you guys are really proud of that particular fact. Yeah. Mm. I'm not a citizen, but I'm really proud of that <laughs> because when I left, uh, when I was studying at school, I'm like, oh my God, when I'm going to big city and I don't want to live there. But now when I live in Moscow, mm-hmm. I feel the connection with this place right. and I really want to come back. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm also from a small city in India. So you think of the small cities, yeah. Like, you know everybody in your age group yeah. and you know all the streets. Mm-hmm. I could I, I never used Google Maps in my own city. I yeah. knew where everything was, where what the hip restaurant was, mm-hmm. how to drive all the yeah. periulics. Mm-hmm. I, I forgot. Shortcuts in, yeah, yeah. in English. And I'm like, if you live in such a big city, you don't feel that sense of identity to the city. For example, like if... Imagine a person who's a guest comes to a small city or a town in India. I kind of feel like it's kind of my responsibility to make sure that person is safe. He has a good time mm-hmm. and he leaves that place with a good impression of the people so that he would think, okay, this is a nice place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you live in a big city, 
you don't have that responsibility. Yeah, it's like, there are people choose. from all over the yeah. place. Why should I take? It's mm-hmm. not where I was born. And yeah. that, that, I think that is why the alienation, in a way, of the big cities come out because there is no sense of responsibility or connection. Yeah. And the experience of other people in this particular place is not your responsibility. You mm-hmm. feel it's like, it's like a passing on of that responsibility. Yeah. It is very different when you're at home. So I kind of feel you. What? Yeah. The small Sinti vibe is. <laughs> uh, I know the fact that everyone in the world uh, just know each other through seven handshakes. Yeah, yeah, that's and true, that's true. in Assyria, everyone knows each other through one handshake. <laughs> it's the fact, I think. You're like, you show some girl that you met on the street or your other friend. And right. she, I know her. Right. She is a classmate of my brother. Right, or right, like, right. I'm just, oh my God. <laughs> this place is so small. Yeah. But I, I heard like, I have a friend from Andover, like a her village. She, there's like, there's only one school in her town. There's only one school in her village. So she says like, dating becomes very awkward mm-hmm. because <laughs> you yeah. know everybody. <laughs> and you know, it becomes like, um, that's when she's like, I need to get out of this place. I need to go to a big town. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and uh, in Assyria, all the people who have uh, the similar uh, surname, mm-hmm. uh, they are connected to each other, like they are family. Mm-hmm. So even if in whole Assyria there are 500,000 people of this surname, ah, they are family. They're and still family. If you, yeah, wow. yeah. And they can date with each other. Right. There are even a book with fam- uh, wow. with um, different surnames uh-huh. who were connected to each other right, uh, right. long ago. Right. And still these surnames, these families cannot date. Oh my yeah. god. It's, yeah. like, it's like a startup <laughs> idea. Make like an Assetian Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> the algorithm only recommends people yeah. who are not related to you. That's, that's just shocking yeah the same thing happens in iceland iceland's population is so less and they're also related that Mm -hmm. sometimes people end up marrying and all realizing later that they're like distant cousins yeah and you know that can be dangerous for the kid Mm -hmm. can come out like the chances of kid having some mental problems or something is much higher when the Mm -hmm. parents are related so yeah that's interesting yeah and uh, the way the way how Assyrians marry is interesting too because uh, in all Caucasian republics uh, you know to marry a girl um, there was it was a tradition to kidnap oh shit really it is it still is here in our republic why do you mean kidnap a girl (laughs) what do you mean uh you know like in russia in european countries you just propose like right. will you marry me right but i have money <laughs> please <laughs> <laughs> yes but in uh, caucasian republics uh, oh you know long ago right um if you want to marry a girl mm-hmm. uh you wrap her in a element of the cloth it is uh-huh. called burka a burka, yeah, yeah, yeah. Burka. And you just kidnap her to her home, to sh- uh, his home. So you kidnap a woman and take that woman to your home? Yes. Dude. And that. this means that you are a man, or wife, and a husband now. Oh my god. Yeah, and this tradition 
is uh, still alive, especially in uh, countrysides and villages oh around my God. our city. But you know, all my peers and all my friends uh, do not like the idea of kidnapping at all, because <laughs> there are so many occasions. Uh, uh, the fact is that um, the friends of the man uh-huh. of the guy kidnapped the girl not uh, the guy the guy not the guy but his friends okay. they uh, kidnap the girl dude yeah have you seen this happen yes i saw <gasps> that you seen this happen <laughs> yes uh and dude like it's like you really put take a cloth put it over her head yeah and just carry it and does the girl like resist like yeah, oh they God, they God, try God. to resist, but they understand that it is Dude, like. Dude, she doesn't know. So does she know who is uh, who the I guy think, is going to be? Uh, I think yes. Oh, she knows because, who the guy is going to be. Yeah, when your relation, when you communicate with someone for a long time and it is your date. Uh-huh. Uh, oh so it's that. like that so you know the person you kind of date it yeah, yeah it's part of tradition that yeah. you should yes kidnap yes. Her. it's not like oh that chick's hot <laughs> boys come on let's kidnap her it's not no, like that it's not like that oh shit dude that when you initially said it that's the yeah, idea that sorry, i got sorry sorry <laughs> oh i understood uh, wow and there are many situations and videos on the YouTube uh-huh. where uh, guys trying to wrap the girl into burka, mm-hmm. and when they when they run, uh, holding her in their hands, they like they can um, fall, mm-hmm. and uh, she can get hurt. Yeah, oh. and recently was the occasion when a uh, girl really hurted her nose oh. and she was like b- with blood oh and i'm just don't dare <laughs> to do that with me never <laughs> never ever in my life please oh my god dude dude dude, dude. Yeah. so imagine like imagine if it's like a, the girl doesn't know the dude what would happen i like random dude Things that girls uh, uh, to the end. parents of the girl can take her home back. Oh, so the parents has veto. Then it's like, yeah. okay, no. Then, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Oh maybe recently God. they couldn't like take her long. No, maybe t- 100 or 200 years ago. But, ah. but now we have in a free So country. could you describe the time you saw a person being kidnapped? Uh, yes, I how, saw that. How old was she? Um, I was just walking around with my friends mm-hmm. um, about 24, 25, mm-hmm. but in, uh, in a city, in Russia in particular, uh, guys get married uh, younger than in European Europe, countries. Okay. I mm-hmm. know that. And in a city, a lot of girls get married in like 19, mm-hmm. 20. Mm-hmm. It is kind of unusual for me <laughs> it is really young yeah it is. i don't know why they do that uh so it just it was a interesting experience when you saw it uh, with your own eyes what did she do did she like no she was like uh resisting a little bit but then i then she understood what is happening like uh-huh. oh my god i'm going to get married <laughs> she was like uh, silent oh really yeah Oh wow! I can't. I can't imagine that. 
Yeah. Wow. There are many videos on YouTube. You can watch it later. Okay, I'll watch it. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, Nota Setia, only republic in Russia where kidnapping is legal. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's yeah, the only maybe. republic. <laughs> what? Uh, what about other Caucasian republics? Is it? Uh, I think it is uh, common. Yeah. Not not common, like mm-hmm. accepted. Yeah. Wow, wow. This is. I, I should see. That. I, I'll definitely <laughs> want to check out the video after this. Yeah. Wow. And. Uh, Maybe started with World War Two. Tell us about the stories of your grandparents. What, where, where were they doing? <coughs> Did they were they participating in the fighting or? Uh yeah. Uh, one of my grandparents was in Moscow. You know, my family doesn't know much about them, and it is really um, sad mm. because. Uh, you know, now uh, on the May 9th. Yeah, May 9th. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it is really proud to, to be hold a part picture. of yeah, Russian culture at all. Right. And uh, you can be really proud that your grandparents participated there. But uh, there are a lot of sites on the internet where you can uh, write down the surname and the name mm. of your grandparents. Okay. And there is all the information that they have according to the documents. Right, right. Uh, and all the information that we know now uh, is from the sites oh. on the internet. Okay. Because my father uh, knew the my grandfather who took part uh, in the war uh, but uh, he didn't uh, talk much about war and oh. it is common in russian families because uh, the trauma was so bad yeah they didn't, want to talk about they it. didn't talk about it much right uh, so i know that he was at moscow and uh, maybe he was participating in the big fight that uh-huh. occurred in moscow and right. I'm really proud of that. Wow. But uh, both of my grandparents uh, came back home after the war. Wow. Yeah. It's great. And did your grandmother serve in the war too? Because mm. in Russia it was kind of common for the woman to also be yeah, involved in the war yeah. effort. Uh, actually, I don't know anything. I uh, know that one of my grandmothers uh, take part in that, mm-hmm. uh, like a medicine person. Uh, medic, like yeah. a medsestra. Yeah, uh, but uh, again, we r- wrote down her name, mm-hmm. but uh, there were no documents, documents about right, her. Right. Yeah, so we doesn't uh, don't know anything at wow. all. Wow. Yeah. Dude. It's really sad. Yeah, like, I in a, in a way, you guys are more better at documenting what your grandparents did and who mm-hmm. they were than us, I would say, because uh, I know my mom's side grandparents really well, my dad's side, no, I do, yeah, I do know them, but about that, I don't know anything, I know mm-hmm. nothing about people, and we don't yeah. have, like, a family tree or anything mm-hmm. which we keep. But yeah. I think I I, I noticed that like Russians are really proud about the that generation who yeah. fought in the World War really and proud. a lot of modern Russian self identity comes from that particular period and yeah. it the it's really emphasized what happened during the World Wars and it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I often see posts on the social media uh, where people just my peers or uh, people who are 
more uh, older, mm-hmm. who are older than me, they're just like, why do we need the parrot? Because I a lot what? of uh, the parrot in the Red Square. A parade. Ah, parade, okay. parade. Okay. Yeah. And because so much money spent yeah, on that. Yeah, it's yeah. And we can use it in the other way because Russia is kind of a poor country and we can, you know, invest in the mm-hmm. other cities except right. Moscow. And Petersburg. Yeah. Mm, but I can't agree with that because parade is uh, a one way to memorize all that people who participated in that war because they really uh, did an impossible thing. Like, sure. I saw a lot of videos about the war and this is a kind of topic that interests me a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm just... Parade is a great thing. And uh, no matter how uh, how expensive it is, it should be every year. Right. Because uh, you watch a parade on the TV and you, like, memorize all your grandparents, uh, all the people who took part in the war. It's great. Right. That's And that's something which I found really interesting because last year, pandemic year, 2020, mm-hmm. was the 75th yeah, yeah, anniversary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even though the pandemic was going yeah. on, you guys didn't cancel it. You just delayed it by a few months. Yeah. And the parade did happen. Yeah. And uh, I did go to watch it. <laughs> really? Yeah, I went to... um. Went to which street was it? I near Biblioteki in Lenina, and I just went to uh, I forgot which street was it, and mm-hmm. I saw the planes going, yeah. and it, it was so cool. And it just I was like, I'm 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 a little bit of a history nerd, and then I see all this thing happening, I'm like, wow, I'm like yeah. really impressed, and I think that is an important part of the of Russian course. and the Soviet identity too, and the Russian identity mm-hmm. because it kind of. It kind of shaped the next, I would say, 60 years of yeah, the Soviet of Union. Course. What happened in Kursk and Smolensk mm-hmm. and Moscow and yeah. in Ukraine and all these places. But yeah. was North Ossetia occupied by the Germans during World War Two? Uh, they really wanted to do that because... Uh, Baku, they, they want to go to Baku. Yeah, 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 yeah. They needed oil. Oil from Baku. Uh, but Vladivokaz is actually is Gorod uh, Geroy. What does that mean? Um, there are some cities uh, in Russia that are honored uh-huh. uh, to be called like city hero. Hero city. Like D- that. Does that... You, you see near the um, Krem uh, park, uh, you know the fi- the the fire with the soldier coming yeah, up. There yeah. are a lot of city names. Mm-hmm, city. Mm-hmm. Is Vladikavkaz one of them? Yeah, not the city hero, but Gorod Voinskoy Slavy. I'm mistaken. Oh, okay. Yeah, but we are here, and uh, I know that uh, Assyrians uh, didn't. Um, Germans couldn't um, uh, occupy a occupy, city. Yeah, ah. conquer it. Okay, so I they, think they uh, came back. Ah, they returned. Yeah. They retreated. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I think this is the furthest point the Russian. I mean, sorry, the German advance yeah. came in South mm-hmm. Caucasus, right? And for people listening, like Stalingrad, which is like the most famous battlefield of the Russian-German conflict, and it's not very far from. 
Kokkes. Yeah, it's like Karnevolgograd. Yeah. It's yeah, like I was there. Oh, you did. Because there. my relatives live there. Yeah. Ah, okay. It so, is really impressive. Is it? I've never been there. This uh, statue. Yeah, the the big statue yeah, of the. Yeah. Rodina Mat. Rodina Yeah. yeah. Or, which <coughs> sorry, which is really close to your place. Yeah. That that period. I, I'm really interested in that period. I used to be like a real nerd, Then I kind of left it off. But since I'm in Russia. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a history related to the war. It's, yeah. That's the one thing. You ask any Russian about the war, they have their own personal history in it somehow. Yeah. Like for your grandparents. Uh, in this particular case. Yeah, that is really interesting. So, what else can we talk about this place? The religious part found really interesting. The people part also really interesting. But... I think from an international perspective, what Nontasetia is known for, unfortunately, is Beslan. Mm-hmm. And we need to talk about Beslan. Mm-hmm. So if if I may, I'd just like to say how I remember the incident. So I was, uh, it happened in 2004, correct? So I was seven years old, so I was in like first standard or second standard. It was like perfect course mm-hmm. in school, mm-hmm. perfect class. And I just two years back, Sorry, three years back, 9-11 happened. And I remember seeing it on TV with my parents. At that time, I was like four years old. And it was... I still have that memory in my mind. And I also have Beslan, the memory of Beslan in my mind. Because it, everyone was on the TV just watching this terrible incident happen. And the next day, I kind of remember like in school, like our teachers telling us what to do if some bad people come to school. Because until that point, there wasn't a conversation in India, at least, about what would happen if a school is attacked by anybody. And at the same time, too, there was a fire around this year in a school and a lot of children died in India, too. So it became a really hot topic to talk about school safety, what children should be trained to do and all that. So for me, it's still, I still have that memory from my childhood because I was born in 97 and Beslan kind of came in a time when I was kind of aware that this sort of stuff happened mm-hmm. and it was a really shocking incident. So could you just ex- introduce what happened in Beslan in 2004? Um, I watched a video about that. We have a journalist, Yuri Duch. Yeah, I, I was watching that. That's why I delayed yeah. this. <laughs> and yeah, he was talking and, about really. Uh, we watched it uh, in school when, um, like, it was uh, uh, the beginning of September when we went to school and we decided to watch this video to memorize the ah, tragedy. The Yuri Dude video? The, okay. We still have three day offs. In a Syria, oh. like the first, the second, and the third of September, we okay. don't go to school okay. because of what happened in Beslan. Okay, I'm so sorry. Let's just um, explain to our listeners what first September means. So in Russia, first September is like Den uh, Abrazvani. Mm, sure. <laughs> I'm not a school ch- child anymore. <laughs> no, but it's Nani. Yeah, but it's just like the day when schools and colleges and universities open up, and it's kind of like a small festival. Everyone is like happy. Let's go back to school after summer vacations, yeah. and it's kind of an important day in Russia. 
So yeah, you carry on. And uh, on the 1st of September, there is always a holiday in every Russian school that there are uh, children who go to the first uh, class mm-hmm. uh, and there are children who are going to leave this, the school this year. Uh, 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 yeah, but it is on May. Oh, it's on May. Yeah. Okay. So, and during this holiday, uh, the school was attacked by the terrorists. Mm-hmm. And uh, all I know is that a lot of uh, children, a lot of uh, their parents, they hide uh, in the gym. Gym, yeah. Yeah. And they spent there about three days. Three days without water without uh, any meals etc and a lot of uh, children were killed there and uh, i actually forgot uh, the end of that like uh, the russian military, military spetsnaz yeah, stormed yeah. and there were a few yeah. explosions yeah but majority of the people came out but there were more than a hundred victims, yeah. victims who were and majority killed. of children. Were children, yes. Yeah, it's a it's a strategy for all our republic, and we still remember it every year, uh, in schools, etc. Do you know anyone who was part of that? Mm, no. Mm-hmm. And um, how did it change the? How old were you back then? Uh, I think you were too young to remember. I was two years yeah. old, yes. Yeah, you're too young to remember. And I like knew about this strategy when I was like maybe 10 years old or oh. maybe older because, really? yeah, wow. I was just... Because for me, I think it's like the biggest terrorist attack in Russian history. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. And what made it so bad was... It was a school that filled with children. Yeah. And the pretense behind it was like there was this conflict in Chechnya happening and Chechnya wanted um, to be a Soviet Republic. Sorry, not a Soviet Republic. Independent. They wanted to secede from Russia. And there was this Islamist military commander that goes by the name of Shamil. You know that guy? No, I don't remember. Uh, So this guy sends up this small militia of around 30 people to the school and there's a lot there's a lot of questions on how this was allowed to happen and how the russian government responded to it and it kind of um and like she told three days of hostage things happened and at the end of it a lot of people died and it is a very dark day it's like the 9-11 of russia in a way, it's a day which changed Russian history in a way. Mm-hmm. And the internationally, too, the fact that a school is a target for terrorists made it even more dangerous. And that's what, that's what I remember. Like, we started yeah. to think, like, oh, school can be attacked. Mm-hmm. Right now, like, American school shootings, we kind of know a school is like a target. But the worst school shooting in history actually happened in Russia and I think it was like first time anyone kind of 
imagine some kind of attack like yeah. that is possible. I also was watching the video video. Can I ask you a question? In that video, there are like babies in the school. Like, yeah. Why are there babies in uh, school? Because, uh, you know, um, when you... Uh, this holiday, like the 1st of September, all the family comes to school mm -hmm. when they have a child who goes uh, to school the right. first time in right. their lives. Okay. Uh, you like uh, gather all your family ah, and you go to school and maybe uh, there were people who had little, right, really right, little babies right, right, and right, right. they were no uh, yeah, so they, uh, they bring possibility everybody. to... Yeah, and it's like a family event, so you bring yeah, your small baby yeah. too understood wow i think uh, that uh, this strategy uh, mostly influenced the way how russians and how uh, foreigners uh, accept the caucasian region because after that uh, our region was like dangerous right please don't go, go there. there yeah and because we have a teract terrorist terrorist act yeah, yeah uh, I don't remember the year correctly, maybe 2010. Where? Uh, in the center of our city. Oh, in Vladivostok? In 2010, yeah. Oh, and my that. my aunt her, was hurt oh, there. Really, yeah, she's alive, everything's good, mm -hmm. but it was so unexpected. Oh. Like, uh, after this one, there was six years later, mm -hmm. and after that, uh, as well we were like oh my god how do we live there it is really dangerous there. is it is it really dangerous no i don't think so now it is a quiet and silent place and right. uh, maybe when our relatives like or uh friends of our relatives uh hear that we live in a caucasus and we have chechnya ingushetia near our republic right. they're like oh, no we do not want to visit you but uh, our relatives uh, came to visit us really often mm -hmm. they do not afraid of anything what about it what about for internationals if you were to suggest as a person from this place do you think is it safe for yes, a person to I just travel yes. they won't have any problems at all and what mm. if a person goes even deeper to Ingushetia and Chechnya mm. I think uh, you will be safe if you behave correctly mm -hmm. because their mentality is much more strict, right. stricter than, than in North Assyria right. and you have to uh, play by their rules. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, respect the place where you're going. That's <laughs> yeah. called he he basic yeah. decency, mm -hmm. but some people find that even a little bit hard. People uh, from North Assyria, when they... Uh, you know, we really distinguish foreigners uh, from the people who are from North Ossetia because they are like wear different clothes because we ah. even uh, wear in other way right. than people from Russia. Oh, you know, we behave in our way, uh, in our way. Dude. And, uh, you Dude, know... That's so interesting. I should really come there just to observe yeah, that. Yeah, I think you'll like it. Yeah, I like shashlik. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like beer. Yeah. I'm not an alcoholic. Wow. And do you think that 
there I kind of feel there is oh wait <laughs> that's two hours I kind of feel there is this um, distance between Russians and Caucasians in terms of the mentality definitely but also in terms of the outlook as us and them in a yeah. way where Caucasians are them and Russians are us do you think that kind of got wider after what happened in Beslan maybe yes I think yes and how has that made life different for Caucasians do you think after the incident Caucasians coming to Russian cities were started looked at more suspiciously yeah or like will they might especially Chechnyans because yeah. it's very I think uh, still we uh, use like when we joke uh, with my friends when we laugh at something we often use uh, Chechnya like a dangerous place mm-hmm. uh, but it isn't Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that people with beards, with uh, Caucasian look, right. uh, they are differently treated in right. Russia. And, of course, it is sometimes offensive. <laughs> yeah. Not for me, because I look like Russian. Yeah. Um, I think that people from Caucasus are really good people. And... Uh, these stereotypes that they are dangerous, they are stupid sometimes, they do not talk Russian at all. Sometimes it is true. Mm-hmm. And I know examples. But, <laughs> but in the majority of situation, it, it's not like that. And why do you think like Caucasus don't have like an image outside Russia? I don't know. Because... It's a pity. It is a pity. I didn't know Muslims lived in Russia until Khabib Nur Muhammad beat (laughs) Conor McGregor. Honestly, I I thought I was like kind of curious enough to know the difference Mm -hmm. out of people in the world, but I just realized how stupid I was and I didn't realize Russian Muhammad, that sounds very Muslim. And I was like, yo, there are Muslims in Russia mm-hmm. because you don't associate Russian with yeah. Muslims. And I think it's a problem because one way it's a problem with the media you consume, which is mainly what America thinks of Russia. Yeah. And I also think the problem with Russia doesn't actually emphasize its yeah. richness in the minority. Totally. Yes. Russian is like... Come we, to have, Saint... we have Moscow. Yeah. Come <laughs> to St. Petersburg. Yeah. White Night Festival. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's really impressive. It's really cool. But Russia is much more than that. That's of something which course, I learned once course. I came here. Yeah. And I don't think that image is being pushed enough. Mm-hmm. So as a telecommunications and marketing student, yeah. I, I think that's a really good idea for you. Because if you can like spread that awareness to an international audience... It would be really interesting. Yeah. And there's Kafka is a cool place, man. Mount Elbrus is in Kafka. Yeah. How many people? I, I, I don't know if you most people when you want to go like hiking or mountaineering or ice skating, you think of the Alps and all those places. But coming to the Elbrus, I think would be much cheaper yeah, and much easier. You know, I don't know if it'd be easier or not. But in terms of going to the Switzerland and if you want to go mountaineering and coming to Cabardina uh, Balkaria, I think the, the rate, the amount of money you have to invest to get the same experience would be of so course. different. 
Yeah. And Elbrus is also a really cool thing, but most people don't know about it. Most people yeah. don't know about that part of Russia. I heard that our government like um, have the money to develop the touristic region of Caucasus, and I hope it will work out because yeah. it is a really great region and. Uh, I'm really glad you do that podcast and, uh, you know, uh, it is really pleasant uh, to know that other foreigners from other countries, yeah. they are aware of uh, the fact that Russia it consists not only of uh, Moscow and exactly. St. Petersburg, exactly. it has a great, vast, enormous territory and so much uh, peculiar things. Yeah, exactly. That's what... That's what I- I want to give from this because yeah. the image the image which I kind of had of Russia is so different from what it really is right now so I would like document that process in which I learn more and learning more is best when you have someone from that place and I can talk to them it is great yeah it's fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's pretty that's pretty interesting and um, what else what else usually the way it goes, it's like we cover the history, we cover the people, we cover. Yeah, you should. Yeah, is there a pen over there? I want to see you write your language again. Because okay. that, that's the first thing which attracted me to you. <laughs> okay, I can. Uh, write my, can I write my name? Write down your name. Yadu. Uh, I'll, I can. Maybe it is. Uh, it spells like in Russian. It's. Uh, it's the same? Yeah. Okay. I can. Uh, write down the name of Vladikovkaz. Okay. Says, yeah. Cool. Dude, wait, wait, wait. It so you, really you, you guys don't say it as Vladikavkaz? Uh, yeah, it is an Assyrian. This is Vladikavkaz? Yeah. So it's it's read as Vladikavkaz? Yeah. But why does it start with D? Uh, no, Vladikavkaz, it, it is in Russian. Ah, and that's what I'm saying. And this is in Assyrian. How, how do you say it? Zau je kao. Zau je kao. Yeah. Wow. Like it ends with cow. Zau je kao. Wow, this is so cool. Oh, so I'm I'm keeping this. So I made like um uh Ethiopian write my mm-hmm. name in her oh, language in Oramo Oramo Oramo. Yeah, I think it's Oramo. Amazing. I, I, I'm keeping. I'm making all people write something and like keeping a l- ledger of it, which is really cool. It is great. So one question, which everybody who knows about, who would, who's cutest enough would ask is, if there's a North Ossetia, is there a South Ossetia? Yes. Yes, there is a South Ossetia. Yeah. But the, th- the thing is, depending on who you ask, South Ossetia could be a country, an independent state, an independent state or a country, yeah. or it could be a part of Georgia, depending on who you ask, because it is not recognized as a country by a majority of countries. It's recognized by Russia, Venezuela, and a few other countries mm-hmm. as an independent state. But most countries don't recognize South Ossetia. So could you tell us about South Ossetia? Um... 
I know many people who went to South Australia to buy a car because it's cheaper than. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot, and uh, recently it was a part of Russia, mm. but now they are independent, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of Ossetians who live in South Ossetia now. That's all I know about that. But. I think one of the major reasons for the conflict between Russia and Georgia, you know, all the time mm-hmm. was Abkhazia and yeah. Ossetia. Mm-hmm. So it was in, last conflict was in two thousand eight, if I'm not mistaken. So do you have any memories of that? No. Oh yeah, you. You're Honestly, a, no. You you didn't have any problems. You didn't find that there was a military build up in North Ossetia or Vladivostok. No. It was just in the board. I was like six. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I wasn't interested in that kind of <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, I can I can understand that. When I was yeah, I only started playing Call of Duty when I was ten. So <laughs> <laughs> understandable. But for me, that's a really interesting question. I do. Do you know anyone from South Australia who studies here? Mm-mm, no. Mm, because it's like how do you say it? It's like Krim, in a few ways. It's kind of some countries considered to be like an annexed territory by Russia, but it didn't cut, swallow it as part of Russia. Same way Krim happened, mm-hmm. but it became like an independent country. Mm-hmm. And Georgia, kind of, it was actually part of Georgia until this conflict happened, and after that, it became like a pseudo independent, not a pseudo quasi independent state. And it is interesting, and that's the conflict between Georgia and Russia. This mm-hmm. is a major part of it. Another thing is the conflict between Ingushetia and Ossetia. Yeah. What 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 what's up with that? Um, I don't know much about that, but I don't know that in Ossetia they don't like the people from Ingushetia. And These are neighboring. This is mutually. Mutually, yeah. yeah. This is neighboring republics. Yeah, yeah, and you know the the one topic they are arguing about. One of the topics they are arguing about is that. Um, who are the ancestors? Ancestors. Yes. <laughs> this word, this word. You're gonna write that down fifteen times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, from Alans and ah, Skiffs. Okay. Who are of them? Oh, who, are, are they Ingushetians or are yeah, they Ossetians? Mm-hmm. And they argue about that a lot. And also, uh, there is some elements of culture like Assyrians uh, have this kind of. A book with stories. It is called Nartsky Epos. What does that mean? Uh, Narte is also connected with Elans uh-huh. and Skiffians, and uh, there are a lot of like um, skazki. Okay, uh, fairy uh, tales. Yeah, it is more like fairy tales, but it's like an epic. It's like a religious book in a yeah, way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, Assyrians uh, are sure that. Uh, this book belongs to them. Okay. People from Ingushetia are sure that this book belongs to them. And there ah. is one of the arguing points. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it's basically who owns a book? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's more like... It's like... Elements of culture. Yeah, it's yes. that... Who can claim descendants the right from... to... Yeah. Wow. That's kind of the negative side of this ethno-nationalism, mm-hmm. where if you, if you base your entire identity based on your ancestors who, have, who might have lived 
millions, I mean, thousands of years ago, yeah. it kind of leads to these like, sort of conflicts where if another people also claim stick to that, mm-hmm. you are, they, you, they're challenging your claim and that leads to conflict. I think that for the Ingushetti episode, it would be a, a really interesting question. I need to ask, who would that person be? Yeah. Why is that conflict happening between Assetia mm-hmm. and Ingushetia? And what are the effects of it right now? How do you, do you feel the conflict in any ways? Can you tell an Ingushetian just by looking at that person? No. No, they're almost like you guys? Yes. They are the same. Hmm. But I, are they more, are they also Christian or are they majority Muslim? Like other oh, I, I don't know that, mm-hmm. really. Um, I don't feel like the conflict between uh, any of Caucasian republics now. Maybe if... Uh, you invite someone who belongs to Athetian, Athetian ethnic group right. who knows much more than me because right. I was just grow grew up there. Right. Uh, maybe this person will know much more than me. And right. maybe he will say that he feels the conflict. Right, right, right. But I'm just... You're so lucky. You're like, I'm a <laughs> Russian girl in a city. I'm just chilling, using shashlik. Yeah. I'm learning the language. I'm so happy. Yeah. I don't have to get involved in the geopolitics. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's kind of true. But yeah, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. I think for the Ingushet episode, I should ask that question. If of course, you... it is really interesting, even for me. Yeah. And let's kind of wrap it up, like going through the linguistic part once again. Which language... So you are neighboring to Georgia, mm-hmm. in, in principle, if yeah. South Ossetia is not considered a country. How, how similar are your culture, language and everything with Georgians? Mm, I think it is quite similar because um, in a city there are a lot of Georgians mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people uh, living in a city who are from Georgia mm-hmm. and uh, these uh, there are families related to each other mm-hmm. from these two uh, regions and I think that in Georgia uh, the same Caucasian vibe oh really <laughs> yeah okay Mm. I, I, I did Armenia and he kind of told yeah we have a little bit of Caucasian vibe mm-hmm. but uh, when I uh, hear that uh, some person is from Georgia or from Armenia I'm like oh my god we are almost uh, family mm-hmm. because all the people from Caucasus, from Caucasus for me are my home are my family all right. because does that include Azerbaijan? Uh, yeah, right. despite the fact that I'm not a set, a Syrian, but mm-hmm. uh, I like the Caucasus a lot. Right. And everyone from there is like, for me, oh my God, <laughs> finally I met somebody. Caucasian. Yeah. Right. Wow. That's really, really cool. Well, yeah, I think... Is, is this the southern... No, it's not the southern... I think Dagestan the southernmost republic of Russia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah well that would be a really interesting episode I, I this episode opened up a lot of questions which I can ask other episodes <laughs> about this place and what's happening there but yeah I think oh, let's check out time let's see how far we come we crossed two hours 
oh Jesus, two hours, 13 minutes. Great. <laughs> so is there anything else you would like to say to the audience about Nota Setie, Lada? Mm-hmm. It's a pleasure to know that you listen to me all the two, <laughs> all the two hours. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. It's, it is a pleasure talking to you. Uh, yeah, it is great. It is great. Russia is a great country. Come and visit it. And not the Moscow and St. Petersburg. I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe Caucasus, maybe Siberia. There, its nature is amazing, and. You know, Russia is a really hospitable country and people are not so bad. Outside so, St. Petersburg yeah. and <laughs> Moscow. <laughs> uh, maybe people from Moscow and St. Petersburg hate me now. But uh, yeah, they, okay. definitely hate you. they definitely hate you. They, they're going to be like, okay, yes. she's caucus. <laughs> she's Go not away. Go away. Go home. Okay. Right, right, right. And yeah, so thank you so much, Vlada. Thank you for taking yeah, the time. Thanks for inviting me. It's my pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to come here, talk about your beautiful republic. And I hope I can do my Silka Nakakas, mm-hmm. where I can like go through <laughs> all these, like Pushkin did, yeah. go to all these Caucasian republics. And Notasetia would be a really interesting place I would go to. Mm-hmm. I'll try your pizza, I'll try your beer. <laughs> I'll try your shashlik. Okay. And I'll just say, yo, I know this cool girl from Moscow. Yeah. No, cool, girl, cool girl from Vladi Kapkas mm-hmm. or Vlada. And they'll be like, okay, we're going to kill you now. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're going to be like pretty chill. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much, Vlada. It's been mm-hmm. a pleasure. And I hope I can do more episodes of Ratificatia uh, yeah. with uh, other countries. But before we end... Uh, Hablamos uh, es- uh, hablar en español poco. Oh, uh, vamos. Uh, ¿Qué tú haciendo ahora eh, en uh, facultad? ¿Qué tú haciendo ahora en facultad? Oh, uh, mi parte favorita es uh-huh. estudiando español. Estudiando español. Sí. Oh, bien. Sí. Y uh, cómo tú estudias español? Con profesor. Yeah. Tenemos. Sí. Sí, tenemos una profesora muy amigable uh-huh. y muy amable. Uh-huh. Es mi favorita. ¿De dónde ella? Uh, de Serbia. ¿De Serbia? Sí. Oh, está muy bien. Uh-huh. Ella, hable, ella hable en, en, en inglés. Inglés, también. en español, en ser. Bien. Yeah. Sí, sí, sí. ¿Quieres hacer podcast conmigo? conmigo? No eh. sé. Uh, ella, maybe. Puede ser. Puede ser. Mm. Sí. Bien, bien, bien. My mind is going to just blow. <laughs> I, all the languages all except the languages. Russian. It's, it's, it's really cool because you speak so good in English. Oh, thank you. And I don't think so. I think, dude, I'm not, I'm not flattering you because I'm really saying thanks. you speak really good in English, and I think it's good that you're learning Spanish too. I'm learning Spanish just for fun. And I like Spanish women. So. Oh, good. <laughs> so, Spanish is really beautiful language. Beautiful. And I really want to visit Spain one day. Yeah, I'm, I'm more in Latin America. I'm like, Spain, but Latin uh, America. Uh-huh. But I want to go on like 
exchange to Spain in my third course. Good. Yeah, let good. me know. I'll, I'll send you the links. There are a lot of universities which has uh, our faculdad. Yeah, great. Yeah, I'll send you the links. It will be really good. Uh, yeah. So, este, este es el fin. Mi hablanés en español y mi gramática no muy bien. No, en el perro. <laughs> no, no, perro, perro. No, sí. Pero uh, este, este es el fin. Uh, muchas gracias, Vlada. Muchas gracias. Este, este fue muy agradable. Nuestros listeners. <laughs> <laughs> nuestros listeners. I don't know yeah. Spanish. <laughs> so with that, we come to the 19th episode of Machanos as the World podcast. It was a Russificatia with North Assetia and Alania. Thank you.